Mateus. Hey, flip that breaker. All right, cool. Hey, guys, live from Fort Tarsus, this is Javelin Radio with your host freelancers, Cody, Soko, Yo. and Max. Max is currently out on mission right now, handling some flu Dominion forces. Um, <laughs> Cody, what's your first impression so far of the game when it's launch weekend? What's going on, man? Uh, I got a lot to say, uh, and I'm going to try not to get long-winded, but I am excited. I am skeptical. I am uh, – I'm just taken back by this first weekend, man. I, I, I definitely feel like it's, it's what we've been waiting for, um, but it's, it's given me some concerns. It's given me some hopes, uh, and it sure as hell given me a lot to talk about. Uh, so the, the first thing I, I really wanted to kind of dissect with you was the gameplay itself. Um, you and I both got our hands on the VIP demo. We both got some time into the game, you know, pre-official launch. But how would you say the physical mechanics, the gameplay, the gunplay, how do they feel in relation to the demo? They definitely feel smooth compared to the demo, especially, honestly, the main issue we were all having with the demo is that it wouldn't load. So we couldn't actually do anything. I think in the demo, I may have put a total of three hours in just because of the load times. Yeah, that, about 14 hours into the load screens. Correct. So, like, <laughs> the, the, way, the way it sits for me right now, like, so far, it's been pretty smooth compared to that gameplay-wise. I couldn't really, honestly, from the demo itself, figure out what the difference is there since I didn't really, honestly, was able to put a lot of time into it. I, uh, well, I mean, to, to, I can echo that sentiment. I mean, successfully, I probably only nabbed, you know, five, six hours of, of true gameplay in the demo. But as far as, like, physical gameplay mechanics go, if, if anything, it's just gotten smoother. So many kinks in terms of loading screens, which we're going to get to, in terms of, uh, of just, like, the physical gameplay aspect, the gunplay, the abilities, the all all feel incredible um absolutely incredible and and i hope we spend some time on, on characters but man I, I just i'm extremely impressed with so many aspects of the game and but the aspects that i was worried about going in i think i'm still worried about and that's that's definitely some things that are going to come up on the show and and i wanted to hand it over to you last time we closed we uh we decided you were going in on colossus did that hold true yeah, it held true. I went ahead and jumped into the Colossus first for the first Javelin, even though the first mission puts you in a Ranger, but it doesn't really like let you play with the Ranger itself. So jumping into Colossus, the one thing I definitely enjoyed with it is the fact that it keeps you engaged. The gameplay with that character pushes you to actually focus and pay attention to where the health bar is in your character, and as well as you having to find the resource to keep yourself alive not having the extra shield like the other uh, javelins hold. I I'm actually super curious, man. I I've played now all three uh, javelins in the final cut of the game, except Colossus. Do you really find that the, the life without a shield is, is as detrimental as we maybe felt like it might be? It's definitely way more uh, bothersome <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> Because it's like, ah, oh, crap, I'm about to die. I got to find health. And then, like, you have no choice but to pull that shield up and ram through the enemies just to save yourself. Which, don't get me wrong, highly enjoyable. Just not something of a way I play a game. Right out Absolutely. of that, leveling up, like, finally getting to unlock my second um, javelin, I definitely went ranger. It's definitely more my play style. I'm definitely into the long range and having to get up close and personal if I need to. That's really what I'm into. 
I, uh, I, I same from the VIP and the in the demo experience. I, I played a lot of Interceptor, and that most definitely uh, remained consistent through launch. Uh, Interceptor was the first one I went with right out the tutorial, and there's just something about like that ninja power fantasy, man, that I, I can't get away from. I, I always thought, and even, even you and Max thought, that I would be a Storm player. And so, but the second one I unlocked was Storm. And I was like, you know what? Buckle down. I'm gonna, I mean, we, I think you and I both were playing on hard during it so far, but I was like, I'm going to drop it to normal, uh, give the Storm a shot, see how things go. Man, I just can't get into the fantasy of hovering above the battlefield. I, I thought that I'd be into it, you know, kind of, Sort of like directing traffic with the ability flow, with the hovering. But the squishiness that I feel as Storm is just, I couldn't escape it, man. I, I felt like anything that touched me, I was just a real glass cannon Storm. But uh, I just, I couldn't get with it, man. Did you get any time on Storm? I have not touched that javelin. I did not unlock it. Did not go that route whatsoever. Honestly, you heard the I man. Am, I am not a, a magic type player. Not in any game in my entire life have I ever been the guy... I'm going to throw spells. Never. Don't get me wrong. I watch Harry Potter. It's good stuff. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I've just never been into that kind of gameplay. Coming out of Dragon Age, even with uh, Mass Effect, both of those things, Bioware games, both of them have some type of magic character. Never did it. Yeah, I I've always yeah. played either kind of the mage character or the ninja character. And typically the mage is like my go-to. But in most cases, the mage sort of class has a, an ability to either A, kind of readily heal themselves, or a good spot to get out of trouble. And, and I guess for the Storm, that's kind of where the hover mechanic comes in. But in a game where I feel like I'm so driven to be in the fight, Storm just, just isn't for me, man. And I, I think that there, I've definitely, even through the, the quick play and the strongholds I've, I've tried to to, there's a lot of Storms out there. And, and I feel like that hopefully kind of balances for the fact that uh, guys like you and I don't really have an interest in it because they're all over the place, man. I don't know if you noticed, but they're freaking everywhere. Every every time I jumped into a, some like let's say I started my own mission, and, and more than more than half the time, at least eighty five percent of the time, it's like three storms. Yep. The only yep. ones, the only time I've noticed like a different of like everyone takes over the group is like when you do a stronghold, everyone goes Colossus. Um, for what I see so far, playing by myself. So I'd also be interested, and in, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on the javelins themselves, but I am curious, man. Like whether the game makes any attempt at distributing you into a team that needs a ranger or needs an interceptor. Because to your point about the colossus, there, I tried. I actually only completed one, but I tried three separate strongholds: uh, the tyrant mine stronghold, and all three times, I was either one of three interceptors. Or I was the only interceptor in a team of full storms. Ooh. So it, it just makes you wonder, man. Like, I feel like this game is going to challenge you to not just play one javelin. You know, I feel like if you're in a group where, you know, you're one of two or three colossus that you just kind of go, you know what? I got to pick up storm or I got to pick up interceptor because that composition demands it, you know, and I, I hope we see more of that. I hope they develop the missions to a point where you have to have like one of each. Now, I did get the opportunity to play with a group of three people um, that one that had each different javelin. Me playing the ranger, we had one interceptor, one storm, and actually one colossus. So like it was a full, like medley of fantastic four people. And um, right, and it, See what it you did there. felt it felt great. Like we were hitting combos left and right, just because of how the game was being played. 
with all four of us in there. Yeah, it 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 screams team play, man. Absolutely screams it. Uh, and on the on the notion of team play, I, I know that we're we're kind of in separate places when it comes to the campaign. And and for the record, this podcast, this this kind of first impressions podcast, will most definitely be spoiler free. But we have to talk a little bit about the campaign structure. It, so if you don't mind, I'll kick us off on this one. I, I feel what I played of the campaign, which I, per, per a buddy of mine who's, who's fully completed it, I think I'm probably between 80 and 85% of the way through the critical path. And things have kind of just started to get interesting. They're just starting to get a little bit more intense, and I'm getting a little bit more invested than I, than I was previously. But I have a big issue, um, if, I, if I can speak pretty bluntly, with the structure of the campaign itself. Um, I felt like there were too many times when I couldn't remember the last campaign mission I did. Now, granted, that's because we're jumping in and, and you know helping other guys with story missions or helping with strongholds and this and that. But I felt that this kind of diluted would may have been a very strong campaign. I'm really curious to bounce that off of you, so could see see what kind of what you what you think about that. No, I totally agree. The I guess you could say the critical path, the lin- the linear path of it is not very linear. Playing with other people, you definitely have to be more careful about what missions you're doing. Because sometimes you're going to jump into a mission that's like two missions ahead of yours. And then you end up hitting spoilers for yourself, which is honestly not as big a deal. Because because when they actually get into the cinematic part of it, it's actually pretty engaging and it kind of saves you a little bit. So, But it doesn't take you out of the the story. Like, Like, I've already jumped three missions ahead for somebody else, not realizing it. Right. And the cutscene happened. I was like, oh, wow, I am nowhere near this. But I was like, I'm still excited to go back and hit my part of it. No, absolutely. And I think you kind of you kind of brought up a good a secondary point I wanted to bring up. And, and I had an issue with this. I jumped into a quick play uh, mission, which I knew better because I feel like I had heard this somewhere. But when I jumped into the quick play mission, by the time I actually spawned into the mission with three other guys, they were basically just hitting the point in the mission where there was a cutscene. Now, granted, it was the mission I had played last by myself right beforehand. But after this, I thought, shit, could you actually get into a mission that you've not done yet? And that answer is definitely yes. And, and I would love to know if that's a mechanic that they're working on or something that they're looking to adjust. Because, I mean, how awful could it be? That, and I've seen reports on this all over Twitter and the Internet that folks are literally seeing, like, the end campaign sequence or the, the final mission sequence spoiled because they jumped into a quick play. I think that's kind of bizarre. That is unfortunate, definitely. It definitely is unfortunate. With the campaign itself, I would say I'm only around maybe 60% because I'm not even – I'm not even focusing on it. Like with the game, the way the gameplay right. is, I'm not even like worried about where I'm at. I'm having fun just doing random missions in the free play area. I'm having fun just searching the world itself. It's definitely way more beautiful than I thought it would be because I didn't really play free play as much because of the loading times um, in the demo. So yeah, so like the way it's playing now, it's like man, look. Don't get me wrong, the loading times are still kind of long. But they're not as bothersome as they were when it came to the demo. No, absolutely. They're 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 just long enough that you can probably pull out your phone, check about two or three notifications, and come back to reality. Which which from coming coming to a game like from a game like Destiny or or you know a game like you know maybe a COD or maybe Dragon Age even. I, it's been a while since I felt like I was involved in a game where I spent a lot of time in transit 
And I, th I think this is kind of the last thing I wanted to touch on when it comes to the campaign and, and just that flow is I feel like there's a lot of you got to go here before here and there before there when it comes to the forge and the fort and talking to folks, which, by the way, the NPCs are great. I, I don't want to like I said, no spoilers here. We'll, we'll probably talk more about the NPCs in the campaign next week. But, man, the, the dialogue that these NPCs have and the voice acting is 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 phenomenal. Um, and, and I don't want to take away from that, but mm. I do feel like there's a lot of back and forth when it comes to the campaign structure that I hope that we see less of or just a more uh, more solid flow with when it comes to things that happen post the critical path. But you, you brought up free play, man, and that, that kind of segues. We can we can jump into that now, actually. I wanted to be ask Before you, we get off that subject, before you ask me whatever yeah. you're about to ask me, I think we stand on two different standpoints about the story structure, about the story okay. the NPCs themselves. This is what takes me out of it. It's the same issue that Bioware de dealt with when he came to Mass Effect Andromeda. The faces lost all expression from what they showed at E3. Like, the mm. expression, like, I was, I was invested with Owen mainly. That's the first, basically the first character you meet. Super invested. But as soon as you start meeting other characters, like Halleck, Faye, I was like, and Yaro, I was like, man, they're not so expressive. It's like they only paid, it's like they only paid attention to Owen and not the other people. And that kind of really took me out of it, story-wise. Like, now talking to people, like, I, I don't care unless I'm talking to Owen. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, I haven't really given that much attention, because I'm going to be honest, and I feel like this speaks to something somewhat negative about the about the NPCs is that I found myself getting to a point where when I got, you know, a, a pop-up above someone's head to just speak to them about this or that, that I was starting to skip some of it. Because like you said, I felt like visually the character didn't really look invested in, you know, in the conversation. And at some points that kind of took me away from it. But I don't know how much that affects my overall experience, if I'm being honest, but I, I do hope that it's something that we, we see kind of tune back in. But, but what I wanted to bring us to next, man, was you talked a good bit about free play, and I really wanted to dive into the free play kind of world, because I'll be honest, I freaking love free play. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, I feel like in a world that's as big as this one, free play is something that I think every player of this game has to experience a, a large margin of. I found that not only was this my chance to really break away from that sort of tethering from the group, which, my God, that's still an issue. That's sort of, you know, go here, then here, then here, and grab the echoes, grab this, grab that, and really, really just getting the chance to roam this free world, because it's, it's mad, yes? And honestly, man, there's loot incentive there. I don't know how much you got to see of sort of like the world events or, or chests inside of free play, but they're actually extremely rewarding. Um, did you have any kind of chance to dissect one of those world events? Oh, yeah, of course. In order to do one of the missions, it's actually what you have to do. You have to go do some world events. Yeah. You don't have a choice. So it doesn't, doesn't really bother me in that aspect. But flying around free play with a couple other uh, freelancers last night, I did like randomly find chests like out in the world and I was getting epics, rares, and I was like, what is going on? Like, why is this just out here? And like, with, no with nothing around. So it's definitely, they definitely reward you for going, hey, just come enjoy the world. Yeah, that's, that's, I couldn't say it better, man. I, I feel like one thing that I, I don't typically enjoy in games with sort of like that patrol mode is I don't feel that there's a reason for me to keep coming back and doing it. And maybe it's because it's early game. I mean, maybe it's because we're not done the, the critical path or that we don't have, you know, some of that high tier loot to go chase yet. But 
I feel like there's never a moment where there's not something for me to go do in free play. And, and I think that's a really big deal, man, because when you're done with those missions, when, you, when you've done the strongholds, you know, time and time again, to still be driven to go do free play is something that I, I hope desperately that that longing stays there, man, because it's, it's, it's a good time. Um, and, definitely and, and with I, one of the guys I play with, he was enjoying the fact of like building his character out, uh, loadout stand wise, and then going to test it out in free play first before continuing missions. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually. I, I, I told you about when I played on the storm a little bit, when I actually unlocked Ranger, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take him into a mission and pretend like I can hold my own. I'm going to go into free play, test out this build. And the first one I tested, I was like, yeah, don't really like this. I think it was like the plasma beam or something like that, like a charge up kind of uh, pulse. Didn't care for it much. Went straight back to the fort, subbed it out, went back in with a grenade and a couple other things. And I was like, all right, I I'm, I'm vibing with this. And I feel yeah. like free play is, like yep. you said, it's, it is the place to do that. Jump right into weaponry itself. I wanted to ask, what weapon setup are you, are you kind of jiving with right now? What's, what's your loadout look like? So because I'm mainly, I'm mainly playing with the Ranger, the Devastator sniper rifle is probably the best sniper rifle in the game, hands down. Yes. Argue with me. I do not care. I, I actually will argue with you, and I'm excited to do it. Go on. And then on top of that, the uh, <laughs> assault rifle that I have, uh, the Havoc, I believe is what it's called. Yep. The sniper rifle for the Devastator itself, honestly, sniper rifle that explodes on impact. It usually around, you'll have like a high number impact damage. And then the then it does an AOE effect where it like explodes around the area. So if you miss the guy, you still hit him. Right, because you're gonna get that disgusting AOE. I definitely love the Devastator, but I, I wanna raise my uh follow up. I have not really been meshing with the assault rifles. I've read that maybe my mind will change when it comes to some of the masterwork or sort of like the epic endgame components when it comes to assault rifles, but they feel a lot like pea shooters to me in times. And I think the reason for this is because as interceptor I'm spending so much time meleeing, and I'm spending so much time in that close range that when it comes to my weapon setup, I want them to be mid to long range, you know, appropriate. So I've been running the uh, the Scout Marksman rifle, which I like quite a bit. If you can if you can land your criticals or your precision marks, it does it helps. pretty solid it definitely work. Definitely helps. Yeah. It definitely helps, especially on the Ranger. But on, on the sniper rifle side, I, I was using Devastator for a while. In fact, I was using it probably most of the, of, the, of the campaign. And then I started playing around with the Whirlwind. And the Whirlwind was interesting, man, because basically this sniper is like an auto-firing sniper. It doesn't hit nearly as hard as the Devastator, but it fires, you know, just super, super fast. But what I was loving about it was you get so little ammo when it comes to the Devastator. And you get something like, I want to say, 60 rounds with the Whirlwind. And once I realized I was doing a stronghold and I would, you know, I'd get that explosive shot off and I'm floating around, you know, taking maybe what felt like four or five seconds on a reload. And I'm like, shit, man, if I run this, this Whirlwind sniper, I can get maybe 12 full rounds out equating ultimately to I wasn't able to get good damage numbers, but I'm sure this is out there somewhere. I felt like I did just as much damage in a quicker time as long as I could consistently land the precision hit. So if, if you get a chance, I don't know if you got to play with it at all. Have you seen that kind of auto-firing sniper class? I definitely have. Like assault rifle mixed with a marksman. Yeah, uh, that's the I've one. definitely seen it. 
Have I played with it? Yes, because most of the time I'm like in the middle of in, in like a transition of trying to grab like a de- another another devastator. I'm- no, absolutely. I, uh, I I definitely will argue or or support you rather that the devastator, as far as impact, bar none. There's no comparison to it. Absolutely none. But man, I, I just something about I think just the way that I go to use the sniper, kind of in a pinch, in a tight spot, moving place to place super quickly. I find that I can get several shots out. And do just enough damage with that. So I, I think we're, we're definitely on board with the sniper rifle class, but the marksman rifle is kind of where I'm shining. I, I wanted to kick it over to you as well now, because something you have been head over heels for, in fact, I would argue that this brought you to Anthem, was cosmetics. And I wanted to kind of hand it over to you and, and, and bring us into that. So overall, the customization of the javelins themselves is like second to none, probably the best thing in the game to me. The only thing that so far that has gotten to me is that there's not enough cosmetic items. So far, when you start the game, you only get, if you have, if you did the pre-order, you get three choices. I would thought by now, even though it is just the launch weekend, you would be able to unlock more than just three different helmets, three different arm pieces, three different leg pieces. No, absolutely. But definitely doesn't look like the case. So that's the only thing that's bothered me so far, which I hope they, I hope that's just what they're like, hey, well, we'll release it eventually. But the colors, like I'm able to like, every single game, I catch myself changing my color. Every single mission, yep. I change my color. <laughs> I'm either the Black Ranger or making a call out to Thundercats or, you know, like I'm doing. Or your goddamn Ninja Turtle. Yeah, I do the Ninja Turtles once or twice. Or, you know, <laughs> calling myself Iron Man, making a nice color with doing a call to the flash like just that alone right there it's like and then i've seen other people's builds and i'm like man those are just it's just beautiful so like just those alone i'm like man i can't wait till they release other helmets and other and other builds like it's, that i think i think you and i definitely agree on that because I, I was actually playing with a buddy of mine last night who uh he, he was like man you know he, he it was his first day playing the game and the first question he asked was when do i get another helmet <laughs> and I kind of chuckled out loud, and I was like, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. I, outside of the pre-order Legion of Dawn gear, I have not seen any other gear pieces. And I don't know if, if we're missing something on that front. If, like you said, you know, it's launch, and those are going to come in the game later on. Those are going to be tied to maybe some end-game structure. But in a game where I feel like, and, and I know as far as I can tell, that I'm, you know, progressively almost to the end of the story that i would have gotten more physical gear components by now and and, and i can't agree more with you that i i think that that's something that long term we're gonna have to see because yeah the colors are beautiful the the fabric and the cloth are incredible but when it comes to the physical appearance i'm finding that for the most part you kind of look like a lot of people with the exception of your color scheme and i i don't want that to be an issue it definitely feels unfortunately i have to bring up this reference destiny like destiny did the Damn cos- it, man. destiny did the cosmetic section of it uh, more than the color so this is like to me it's like okay look we have to stand out maybe let's go colors first cosmetics second so that's why i'm wondering if maybe that's what's going on they're just like okay let's just get the let's just get the colors to be the best part about the game for customization and then we'll worry about cosmetics secondary right that's and, what and i'm the thinking themselves kind of takes the back seat Right, to make them stand out a little bit longer. So that's that's the only reason why I bring up the other no, absolutely. Uh, looter I, shooter. I, I couldn't agree more on that. And I, I feel, you know, 
where we typically see other games struggle is when it comes to the colors, when it comes to the customization. But I think there's a healthy balance of both, and I hope that going forward we get just a little bit more to pick from when it comes to the physical armor pieces. Because, man, if if in a month from now we kind of all look that same way with you're yellow, I'm green, and, and I'm, he's red and blue, but for the most part structurally we look the same, that's that's kind of fortunate end game. And, again, I think we're too early, and I hope that that's something that we end up, you know, podcast or two down the road from now we're, we're way off on but it's definitely a strong point and i want to kick us off with with kind of our last topic again today's going to be a, a fairly short one we're we're still pretty butthurt that max can't join us but if you guys heard him he sounds like like he a, sounds like a scar kind of mob boss right now man i mean he, he barely sounds like he can he can speak but when he does he sounds like an absolute killer. he was held hostage um, all weekend by the dominion that's what happened oh man okay it's it's been a long one for him that's for damn sure. But regardless, I wanna I wanted to kind of do something that I think Max would have wanted us to do, and it, this wasn't scripted, so uh, bear with me, Soko. But I wanted to kind of ask you, Max's favorite thing for us to do on the show is is to talk about a favorite moment, and I feel like we'll carry that torch for him. Was there any standout moment for you this week? You know, we've only got a few days in. At time of recording this, we've only had the weekend with the game, but I know we sunk you know a lot of time in. Was there any like? wow moment for you yeah i definitely would say so definitely when like i said i talked about earlier the team that i dropped in we had all different types of javelins in the game that alone made me go this is a damn fun game it's a damn pretty game and especially all of us with our own builds nothing like like kept us separate from each other and i highly enjoyed just looking at that group together as a team because we honestly didn't move right away we sat at the launch bay just hanging out, not realizing. <laughs> just taking it in. <laughs> not realizing we haven't even gone toward the mission yet. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is nice. I should take a picture of this. And then then, then they started moving. It was done. <laughs> I would say that was probably one of my favorite moments so far. Yeah, absolutely. Not to give spoilers away. Because there is some moments in there that I would love to talk about. No, for sure. I think for me, my favorite moment was, I, I told you I ran into the stronghold a couple of times and I only cleared it once. But when I did clear it was last night with a couple friends, we went in and did the Tyrant Mind stronghold and we were kind of getting our ass handed to us. And basically the, the boss, that kind of big old spider guy, he's about a quarter left and three of the four of us, go figure, interceptors. Huh. And we're all sitting on a super and we're looking at his health bar like, you know what? How stupid would it be if we just all ultimated right now? So we sure as hell did it, and he sure as hell died. And it was one of the coolest moments uh, I think I've seen so far. And, and it was like, it was just one of those pinch moments. Like, we were surrounded by trash. We were surrounded by ads. But what's so freaking awesome about that ultimate is when you activate it, you're invincible, man. Like, you cannot be shot. You cannot be touched. You can revive your whole team. And, and there were several moments where I kind of used that super to pinch, just pulling the whole team up as opposed to doing damage. But killing that boss with a super or the ultimate was, was hands down a memorable moment for me. And the final topic that we're going to hit here is, and this is fairly controversial because I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing polarizing reviews on this, but I wanted to take just a minute or two to discuss if we were asked to review Anthem current state on a one to ten scale as difficult as that may be what do we give it why do we give it and i'll, I'll hand it over to Ooh. you mm. no pressure okay so most of the reviews i've seen like i say a scale out of 10 so far have been around the six to seven range i'm not Agreed. one to play a shooter looter game i'm definitely not into it 
but this particular game has kept me engaged personally, has kept me involved in, oh, I want to know more about this. Oh, look at this little thing. I can read this. What put add this to the court. So for me, man, uh, I definitely would shoot for like a 7.5 to an 8. I can't give it a perfect score due to the fact for me, like there's some downfalls, for, like not downfalls, but there's just some things I thought would be involved. The faces to the NPCs bothered the hell out of me right out the gate. It took me out of the yeah. story. Took me like just I I just stopped talking to him. Like I don't, I don't I don't even go and chat with him. No matter how much you lost investment. No matter yeah. how much loyalty it gives me to freelancers, Sentinel, whatever. Like I don't even want to talk to. Him. So I hope they update that later. Then the the lack of cosmetics. I know there's only three, but if that if they change that oh, like later, yeah, I'll review it. I definitely get a higher score at that point. But other than that, everything else I've been pleased with. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I don't want to take as critical of an approach as as I've seen a lot of peers do and a lot of content creators do. But the bottom line is, I judge a game most ultimately as do I think about the game when I'm not playing it. Do I want to be in that world when I'm not in it? And that factor is a 100% yes for me when it comes to it. The, the gameplay is is just like absolutely sleek. The visuals, it, it goes without saying they're incredible. But I definitely feel like I owe it to the game, I owe it to the listener, and I owe it to the developer to speak on three things that I think, for me, I need to see change develop or progress for this game to strive and you you touched on one which is the gear itself coming from a game again like destiny or a world of warcraft or a dragon age or even some cases maybe an assassin's creed possibly the visual aesthetic of your character means a lot to the player and that includes color but that more importantly includes physical appearance and i think that right now having access to at most three gear sets one of which from my understanding is, is is essentially paid for and the second of which is a pre-order bonus so there's a lot of guys right now that are only playing with the stock gear set and and i hope as a as a as a kind of an mmo you know junkie that that's something that we see progress and get better uh, as time goes on and number two which we spent a lot of time on as well is, is the structure of the campaign and the npcs I want to care about what these guys are saying. I want to be invested in whether I say the L2 or the R2 option. And to be honest, I don't know that I really know yet how much my conversation with these guys is going to alter the future of the game or how it's going to change my Fort Tarsus. That was something that we, we spent a lot of time on it in our earlier show. Hey, I wonder if, you know, is Soko always, you know, craps all over Owen? Does he go into his fort and Owen's talking trash to him? Or, you know, if, if I'm super, super nice to Owen, does he give me beautiful things? Like, those types of decisions don't really seem to matter as much as I thought they would. And, and I do want to see that, that come forward. I want to see that campaign feel purposeful. And I want the NPCs to feel like I need to invest in them. The, the last closing point I wanted to make on, on just the gameplay is I... I'm a little bit concerned, and so far it's not been as big of an issue as I had imagined it would be, but I'm a bit concerned at the fact that when it comes to the loot chase itself, that ultimately you're unlocking so you're unlocking these inscriptions and these assault systems and these <clears throat> strike systems, but they are the same hey, ability. Hey, Cody, stand by, stand by, Cody. Let me clear up this signal real quick. Well, guys, I don't know what's going on. I think our know has been hacked thanks for tuning into the show we'll definitely catch back up next week and hopefully we'll be three freelancers deep
want to give a special shout out to Anchor for distributing us and like letting us use their platform, as well as a big shout out to the Twitter community for engaging with us in Javelin underscore radio. Please send us some suggestions. Send us your best shot of cosmetics, your best colors. Maybe we may even use that for the next episode photo just to show it out to the world. Big shout out to Boomy Nation. Go check out his YouTube channel. Great stuff there. And another shout out to the Awesome Village podcast. Good people, good pop culture. Y'all freelancers, we're rolling out.